Welcome back to the Family CTO Podcast, your place to hear candid conversations about which cool, practical gadgets belong in your digital household. I'm your host, Scott Tharler, and today we're focused on outdoor tech. Here in the Northeastern United States, temperatures are climbing and it's starting to feel like spring. So as we start to breathe in some much needed fresh air, of course, we're thinking about what technology might play a part as we play outside. With that in mind, we're fortunate to be chatting with two cool guests this episode. Later on, we'll hear from one of our favorite outdoorsy companies, BioLite. But first, we're going to catch up with Claudia Harvey, the founder and CEO of Digit Apparel. Her company has an interesting product that could and should change how you keep safe around the pool, at the beach, on a boat, and anytime you find yourself spending extended time in the sun. Claudia, thanks for being with us. I really appreciate you being here. Oh, thank you so much, Scott. It's lovely to be here. Well, it's interesting because we normally talk about gadgets. And so you think of electronics of like sound bars and headphones and speakers and all that. But this isn't something electronic. And yet it's perfect for the show because it's something that enables you to enjoy the outdoors. And that's one of our categories. And so let's take a step back. 13 years ago at a barbecue, you came up with an idea and tell us what that idea was and how it led you to be where you are now. Sure. I cannot believe it's that long ago, but you're right. Like in 2007, 2008, we had met friends over a barbecue. So we had this aha moment where we were speaking about they should invent garden glove that protects manicures for ladies. Because my business partner at the time and I were avid gardeners. We enjoyed being outside, but we also had jobs and we needed to protect our hands in the garden so we don't go back to the workplace on the Monday morning and, and have destroyed hands and nails because yeah. we were in sales and, and we had to be in face fronting jobs. So we said they should create a manicure protective gardening glove. So they became us and we created that. It's called Dig It Handware and it has a pillow top protector built inside each fingertip that protects the lady's fingertips from debris. So not just manicures, but just from debris. So anybody that doesn't want dirt under their fingernails doing any outside project can use our glove. And we have created an industrial design patent on the glove as well. So we launched in Canada because we're a Canadian company, went on a little show called Dragon's Den, which is your equivalent of Shark Tank in the United States, partnered with Kevin O'Leary in late 2009. And that catapulted the visibility of the company and the product Fast forward 10 years in 2020, the pitcher has now become the investor and we bought a company that has a product called Spot My UV, which is a patented technology that is launched and we're going to be in over 9,000 stores in CVS, Walmart, Ace Hardware, amongst others in the United States this spring. Wow. So I want to touch on a couple of things you said there. Yeah. One is, I love the idea that you went from pitcher to investor. Because this is partly about the product, but it's partly about your journey. You saw a need for something mm -hmm. and you create these gloves that protect fingernails and so forth from debris. And it wasn't just that it was protective, but that it allowed you to do something. It allowed you to dig into gardening or dig into whatever you need to be in. Right. And so the, the point of the technology is it lets you do something that you really want to do. And it, it takes away either an intimidation or an annoyance factor. 
Right, right. And it's such an easy idea. It's just the idea going from the concept to the actual creation of the product is what's hard for a lot of people. And that journey, you know, it took years to do. We made all our mistakes in Canada, which is a much smaller marketplace, and then launched in the United States in a very big way in 2018-19. So it's a long journey, but it's taking a product that not just we thought would be really cool. But when we researched the marketplace, we realized that this product is fulfilling a niche need in the marketplace for a whole bunch of other women that have the same need that we had. So there definitely was a market for this. That's great. And so I don't know if this is intended or not, but when you read Digit Apparel, another way to read it is Digit Apparel. Very true. And because it's your fingers, your digits, it literally is digit apparel. It's something to wear on your Right. Right. And that was exactly, and that was our first product. When I created the company, I really didn't think it would go as big as it has. We had a plan, but sometimes the plan gets a lot bigger than you anticipate, which is wonderful. So we have created other products as well. And Spot My UV is an acquired product made by Canadian engineers. So you also have a beauty and skincare line. Let's use that as a a segue to Spot My UV, because when you know that it starts from outdoors and then goes to beauty and skin, then Spot My UV totally makes sense for how that fits in. So how did you learn about them? And then what was the process in uh, In getting to Spot? Yeah. So when we had created Dig It Handwear, we created a product that met the needs of a woman that wants to take care of herself, but that's just a small niche. Then we wanted to expand to other products that were for women that takes care of herself and her family because the woman is the gatekeeper to her family. Mm -hmm. So we added the skincare line. It's not sun protection, but it's when you're working outside and you want to come home and you're having a bath and you're having a shower and you've come away from a wonderful hard day of being outside and enjoying yourself. We created some products that soothe the hands, soothe the feet, make sure the cuticles are nice, et cetera. So it complemented our initial products. Then we fast forward to 2017 and we have now expanded enough that we can start looking at another product. And we came across Spot My UV and they were in their infancy in their business. But Spot My UV is a sticker for lack of a better word. You put it on your skin. It's a biopolymer technology. What does that mean? It treats the sun like your skin would treat the sun. And it tells the wearer when to reapply your sunblock so you don't have to get burned. So it doesn't prevent you from getting burned. It's not a sunblock, but it tells the wearer when they have to reapply their sunscreen in real time. If you're protected by your sunscreen, it's clear. And when you are not protected by your sunscreen from swimming and sweating and enjoying the outdoors, then you reapply your sunscreen because it turns purple. So Spot My UV is a product that clearly indicates a lot faster than when your skin indicates that you're getting harmful UV rays. Yeah, because uh, anytime I've ever gotten sunburned, I didn't look like a lobster. I just look like, oh, I've been out in the sun. But then you come in and you're like, what the heck was I thinking? I clearly was out there too long. And, and so this is a way of preventing that. And what I like about it is that it's something that takes the guesswork out of it. And so you don't have to think, has it been exactly 90 minutes? And what if 90 minutes is too much? What if 90 minutes isn't enough? Something acting like your skin just basically says, hey, put it on now. Right. And then the the fun part is this isn't like a one-time thing. These are good for the whole day. So you can right. then reapply sunscreen and then go through the whole thing again and stay out longer and do what you want to do. 
That's right. Exactly. So it's a product that is wearable all day, wearable for any ages, any skin types. And the minute it starts to turn purple, you know that you are being affected by harmful UV rays. So like you said, so many people forget to reapply their sunblock or they don't think it's a big deal because, oh, I'm going to get a quote unquote tan, but then they come back in the indoors at the end of the day and they're like, oh no, what have I done? And they're in pain and they have skin damage for who knows for how long. And it's a way to prevent that pain from happening at the end of the day and hopefully preventing long-term skin damage over the course of years. Yeah. Well, the two tricky factors are, I think when most people go to the beach and they're out there, most people know, take care of your skin. I think where it gets dangerous is if it's cloudy and if people are in the water, because for some reason, people just think, I don't know, the sun's not going to reach me when in fact, it's actually worse. You could get a burn while it's cloudy and you could get a burn while you're in the water. So you still have to be vigilant. This isn't like a smart appliance that drags you out of the water and applies it for you. You still have to have a brain and actually do this. Yeah. And you're right. Because if you're in the water, you're cool. It's refreshing. You don't think that the sun is going to hurt you and hurt your skin because you're moving around and you're busy, but the sun will actually reflect against the water and, and move onto your skin as well. And it is quite potent and different places, a different UV and different times of the year have different UV. That doesn't mean that you're not affected by UV and also different sunblocks and different sunscreen have different UV protection. And a lot of people take their sunscreen from the past year that's sitting in their medicine cabinet or underneath their sink and reapply it. And what people often don't know is that active ingredients in sunscreen wear down. So they're not actually being protected by little sunscreen. So this dot will tell you when and if your sunscreen is very effective. And if it's not effective, it's purple, simple. And so there are a couple of parts to this. One is get a spot. The the second one is be vigilant about reapplying But before you even do that, you actually do need to turn over the bottle and look and go, oh, I've had this for 18 months, probably not going to help me. But what I like is that a lot of people, as silly as it sounds, they don't want to just throw out sunscreen. So you can still see, hey, is it working? And this will actually tell you whether it's working. So it takes out guesswork on a couple of levels, really. Exactly. Yeah. And it's really great for parents too. It is a perfect product to teach children sun awareness, sun protection. And it's fun because they can see the spot turning purple and the mom doesn't have to fight with her children to reapply sunscreen because I know lots of moms and I'm included have fought with kids to get the sunscreen on. So this makes it a lot easier for a parent to apply sunscreen to their kids. And just to be clear, you're not looking to sell sunscreen. So this isn't, if you use this spot with this exact thing, it works with a lot of different sunscreens. So whatever your sunscreen is, you just put it on there. You can use mineral sunscreen. You can use spray sunscreen. You can use chemical sunscreen, which is lotion. The spray sunscreen is the easiest to apply, especially with a squirming child. However, it is not effective if you're spraying in the air. And a lot of the sunscreen goes out into the air. If you spray it on and rub it on, then of course the molecules are going over the skin and it's the most effective sunscreen. So use any sunscreen you want. It just tells you if your sunscreen is working. That's great because kids are very particular and I have three kids as well. I know you have three kids. And so one of them might hate the spray. One of them can only do the spray. One of them might like one of those hybrid ones where you spray it and rub it. And really that at the end of the day, the most important thing is that 
the kids are protected and that you're protected. That's right. We want to revolutionize sun care habits for people. And who doesn't want to be outside now after a year of COVID being inside? Let's have freedom to enjoy the sunshine, freedom to be outside. And that's exactly what this product does. That's perfect. And I really appreciate you coming by and uh, chatting with us. It's been my pleasure. It's wonderful. If the company name BioLite sounds familiar, maybe you're a loyal listener of this podcast who remembers the teched-out portable fire pit that we mentioned in our Outdoor and Travel Tech Holiday Gift Guide. Or maybe it's because they've been around for over a decade. In any case, if you plan to hike, camp, or even just socialize in your own backyard, you'll want to know about their well-designed, highly functional, globally mission-driven products. And BioLite's Vice President of Marketing, Erica Rosen, joins us to tell you about them. Erica, it's so nice to meet you, and I'm really excited to talk more about the outdoors and getting out there. Tell me more about how and when you first got involved with BioLite. Yeah. So first, thanks for having me here. I have been at BioLite for almost nine years. A lot of my previous work was with like really big Fortune 500 clients that are doing important work. But I was really intrigued by this idea of a social enterprise, which was using business as a model of change. We talk about our business model as a means of what we call parallel innovation, where we actually have a core R&D team that is developing technologies in the renewable energy space that actually then gets turned into products for two very distinct audiences who are actually unified by a common need for energy. So we've got the outdoor recreation market. So why I'm here today to talk. And so folks who are really interested in figuring out how they can bring renewables into their off-grid adventures. And then the second audience is actually off-grid households who are not off-grid by choice, but by circumstance. So half the planet still lacks reliable, safe access to electricity. And it's predominantly across Asia and Sub-Saharan Africa. On the emerging market side of our business, we are working to bring daily access to lighting, charging, cooking in a safe, affordable, and approachable way for these off-grid households and families. It's one of the reasons I want to feature BioLite and all the different products, because it's not just about one thing. Oh, here's how you can cook something. It features a wide range. And I love the fact that there's a global mission going on. Yeah. A lot of the time when I say I'm from BioLite, people are like, oh, you're that stove company. But we've evolved to really fit a much more ambitious vision, which is that we're an energy company. And when you can kind of look at how energy manifests and flows and how you harness it and use it, you're able to design an ecosystem of products that really puts accessibility and efficiency front and center. That's what's interesting is that BioLite is not just a camping brand or it's not just about hiking. It really is an energy brand. And that's actually your site, BioLiteEnergy.com. So let's start in the camp stove family because it's really not just about cooking. It's about how you infuse tech to enable people to do what they want to do, which might be camping and hiking and stuff like that. So tell us how it works and what you can do with it. Yeah, totally. So the Cam Stove 2 Plus, which just came out this spring, is our our latest version of our inaugural product. And one of the things that's really cool about this product is that it takes a very old technology, which is burning wood as fuel, and it combines it with a really modern technology, thermoelectrics, to essentially evolve 
wood into a modern fuel. You get this really amazing experience from top to bottom. So let me tell you what it actually does. It's got a metal burn chamber, and then it's got this orange power pack that hangs off the side of it. And they're connected via this probe that kind of conjoins the two. And what you do is you put wood into the canister. I would say it's like the size of a 32 ounce Nalgene bottle. You put wood or pellets or anything biomass into the burn chamber. You light the fire and then a portion of the heat from that fire goes into the probe and then passes through a thermoelectric generator. And so the best way to describe it is like what a solar panel does with the sun, a a thermoelectric generator does with heat. And so you're able to convert a portion of the heat of the fire into usable electricity. And then it does two things. One, that electricity powers an internal fan that blows air back into the burn chamber. So you dramatically improve combustion. So you end up with a smokeless campfire. Now, a lot of people think, oh, there's air in it. It's just blowing the smoke away. No, we're actually burning the smoke. So if you ever see one of our camp stoves in action, you can see it on our Instagram or on any of our videos, you'll see it burns as this vortex. It's this really cool like pillar of fire. And those are the air jets working. And so you'll literally see the way that the airflow has been calibrated to inject the fire with oxygen. And so you end up with this near complete combustion. So that's one of the things that the power does inside of the stove. The surplus power actually goes into a onboard battery that you can access via a USB port and you can use it to charge your headlamp, charge one of our flex lights, charge your phone, anything like that. Because again, when you have a core understanding of energy, if your energy is trapped inside a stick and then gets unlocked into fire, you can't charge your phone by putting it in the fire. That's not how energy (laughs) is going to work, but you can charge your phone with electricity. So we're now giving you another step in the transformation process to harness and unlock and transform your energy the way you want to use it. Very cool. And I love the size of it. You're saying this basically like a big mouth water bottle, but it, it packs down pretty small, right? Yeah. And the power pack that sits on the side of the stove when it's not in use actually nests inside the canister. And so it packs up really nicely and it, and it really takes up very little space. Okay. And so what would be the, the main use case for this? Because it is small, but it is generating fire. So what would I do with this sort of fire? The Cam Stove 2 Plus, great standalone cam stove. If you've got existing cookware, it's basically like your own portable single burner stove. So if you want to cook a meal on it, you can cook up breakfast on it, dinner, like anything. I really like the accessories that we make that pair with the cam stove. So we make a kettle pot, which is really helpful for boiling water or making coffee or the way that the pot is designed. You can like saute food inside of it. You can boil pasta, anything like that. And then we also have a portable grill attachment. So for me, the benefit of the cam stove is if you're looking for an engaging way to make a meal. So if you want it to be interactive and you like that kind of primitive satisfaction of cooking over fire. So it's a great way to make a meal and then harness some of the energy that you're creating and using anyway to deliver energy to other needs at your campsite. And I like how everything is multi-purpose. And so the fire is generating heat. You can cook off of it and you're getting electricity. The kettle pot is literally like part kettle for if you're heating up stuff, or it's like having a pot. And so you can be like pouring things or making soups or stews or oatmeal or really whatever you want. And then there's a grill attachment. If you want that sort of 
grill feeling like you're out there grilling on a barbecue, which is what it's about four burgers or how big is it? Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly right. I think it's like 55 square inches. And so I think that you can fit about four burgers on it. The other thing I like about this family is that you have uh, a complete cooking kit, which combines all three of those and saves people, I think 20 or $30 off if they were to buy them individually. So it really is an all encompassing solution. Yeah, the complete kit is a great value and it also comes with our coffee press. So for all my coffee drinkers out there, this is a great way to have French press coffee in the outdoors. Very cool. You have another fire oriented product, which we actually talked about in an earlier episode, the fire pit. And this was the first one that I actually tried out and it uses some similar principles, but when would you recommend the fire pit as opposed to the camp stove? I would say that camp stove and fire pit both offer amazing experiences, but the real question becomes what is the scale of the experience that you want to have? And so what I mean by that is the camp stove, as I said, it's portable, it's tabletop. You can have this gorgeous, tiny little portable campfire, which is great if you're looking for a more minimalist setup, if you're looking to be more on the move, if you care about what's in your pack, let's say that you're hiking in somewhere, probably don't want to lug a fire pit with you. Fire pit, on the other hand, offers a big rip roaring fire. So you're using standard 16 inch firewood. You can actually use charcoal and you can have multiple people gathered around it. And so it really just comes down to the scale of the experience that you're looking for. And so with camp stove, we were trying to design to solve a problem around gas canisters. That's what we were thinking about was traditional gas camping stoves and how incongruous it was to be bringing fossil fuels into the outdoors and trying to connect with nature. Fire pit, that's us trying to solve a problem around the typical campfire, which is that people love fire. It's relaxing. It's mesmerizing. It's social. You see it. You hear it. You feel it. All of your senses are engaged, but there's also smoke. And so you end up either dancing around the campfire if you're that one unlucky person that has the, the plume of smoke, you know, coming at you, or you breathe it in and then all of your clothes smell. I, I personally end up with like really bad headaches when I've inhaled a, a campfire all evening. And so what we wanted to do is give you all of the benefits of a traditional campfire, but without any of the smoke. And then again, give you a lot of control around calibrating your energy so that you could really have control over your flames and use it to either be big rolling flames if you're just looking for it for ambiance, or you can control the intensity and size of your flames through the airflow system and through either using firewood or charcoal if you want to then turn it into a cooking experience. And just to be clear, there's nothing wrong with dancing around a fire. You just don't want to be retreating from the smoke. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Big fan of dancing around the fire. I meant more like fleeing from the smoke. Yes. Other than having to like gather the wood and then waiting for it and, and all that, the, the smoke part really is a, a deal breaker for a lot of people because that's what you associate with most campfires. So I love that this is controlled but honestly, the big selling point for me was something visual, just the idea that it actually looks like you have a floating fire. And I just thought that was a cool thing because the visual element is a big part of what you're doing when you have a, a campfire out like that. Totally. And the point you bring up actually connects to another benefit of it, which is that it's portable. And so you can set it up almost anywhere, which is an important distinction from a typical fire pit for two reasons. One it means you can set it up in more places. So like it's got that kind of flexibility, but two, 
a lot of traditional fire rings and fire pits are dug in, like they're dug into the ground or the fire ring has like six to seven inches of raised metal. And so what it ends up doing is it actually ends up obscuring your fire. So a lot of the time people end up overbuilding their fire because they want to get past that initial point. And so you end up with a fire that is using either more fuel than you need, or it's bigger than you need. And the beauty of the fire pits design is that because it has these legs that unfold, it elevates the fire up off the ground. And then the burn chamber is made using what we call x-ray mesh, which is that design that you talked about, this kind of perforated metal that allows you to see directly into the fire. And again, at night, it's almost like that burn chamber disappears. And so you're just staring directly into the flames. And similar to the camp stove, there are some accessories. So you have some tools and a griddle and you actually can cook on this as well. Yeah, totally. My favorite setup for the fire pit is something that we call cookout to hangout. And so what we mean by that is it burns both charcoal and firewood. So in the cookout portion of your evening, use charcoal, take the fuel rack, keep it up top, put some charcoal in. And then you can use either the included grill grate. So the grill grate comes with the fire pit, or you can buy additional accessories like our griddle, our lid, our prep and grill toolkit, any of that to create like the meal of your dreams. It's a really fun and satisfying experience. And then when you're done with your meal, the leftover embers from your charcoal are instant fire starter for a campfire. So we have a fire poker tool, or you can use whatever implement you have at home, lower the fuel rack toss a piece of firewood directly onto those embers and it just catches because you already have that coal bed. And so you've had this like really fun, interactive cooking experience. And then it just like really easily flows into this nighttime campfire. And because of how portable it is, it's not as small and light as the camp stove, but it's still very easily carryable by one person. It's not like two people have to lug this giant thing. It actually fits into a little duffel bag, which is one of the accessories. So I could walk around and carry this thing and it's great for car camping, or I guess you could also use it in the backyard. Yeah, definitely. So we've had a just a ton of people pick up fire pit for much closer to home. And another benefit is that because it's not super smoky, like a typical open fire, if you have a backyard that maybe you're in like a slightly more dense environment, you're looking out for your neighbors. Like you can have this really nice experience and it doesn't smell like a four alarm fire is happening in your backyard. With the fire pit, you can use it on grass, on a deck, on a patio, especially with the use of our fire mat. So we have a reflective mat that protects sensitive surfaces. And if you put that down underneath your fire pit, you're going to be able to use it pretty much anywhere outside. So we've talked about the fire-based products. Let's get more into lighting because there are some very specific task-oriented lighting products that you guys have. Can you run through the different use cases of the lanterns and the string lights and, and how those go? Yeah, definitely. You nailed it. We make lanterns, string lights, and then we also make headlamps. And we'll get into those in a second. With the lanterns, we really wanted to be able to offer a mix of task lighting as well as ambient lighting. So we have on the more portable side, we have our sunlight, which is a self-reliant solar light. So it's got solar panel on one side, light panel on the other side. And this is great to just keep around the campsite on tabletops. It's got a little hook so that if you wanted to, you could hook it from a loop inside your tent. So it's a really great light for personal space as well. 
it is also super durable. I have dropped it from so many places and it's just a really great all around light. And it's great for kids too. It's got standard hundred lumen dimmable white light, but then it also has RGB lighting. So you can move through different colors, which is often can be really fun and engaging for kids. On the more practical side, it also has red night vision. Yeah, so that's one of our lanterns. We also have the travel light, which is a clippable little lantern. That's another great personal one. That's the one I use not only for camping, but if I'm ever going to an Airbnb, I feel like I've been to so many Airbnbs where they don't have a light by your nightstand. And so to me, this is like a great little travel companion, which is why we named it Travel Light. We do very literal naming at BioLight. <laughs> which is good. Yeah. Yeah. So those are some of our lanterns. We also have some great lighting innovation that's coming out later this year. So just keep that in your back pocket. And then on the string light side is it's a really nice way to create kind of ambient space and overhead lighting. So overhead lighting helps, you know, prevent weird shadows. It helps you just have a better sense of the, the perimeter of your campsite and that sort of thing. So we offer three different styles of a string light that we call sight lights. So there's like a tea light collection called the string light. So they're all four tea lights strung together. We have the sight light duo, which is this cool little orb that breaks apart into two different lights that you can direct however you need. That's and then fun. we have the sight light lantern, which is this collapsible nylon lantern that basically is like putting a full moon at your campsite. Wow. How big is that last one? So it packs down into the palm of your hand, but when it's fully expanded, I would say it's like a little bit bigger than a soccer ball. Oh, wow. Yeah. And it's 300 lumens. So it really does bring a, a fair amount of light to your site, but it's this really nice soft glow. And so it's just really nice for the, the overall ambiance of your campsite. What I'm picturing for campsite is that you'd have some of the lights like outside the tent and some of the lights inside the tent. Is there anything else we should know about how they're connected or about how to maybe have them on a timer or something like that? Yeah, that's a great question. Really good one. So first of all, they're all daisy chainable to each other. So if you wanted, you could connect them through a network, but ultimately they are powered via USB. So what you would want to do is connect them to a power bank. So that's where our charge series could really come in handy. So we make three different size power banks. And so what you could do is connect like a network of these site lights and then have one connection point into one of our power banks. And then you've got the whole system connected. Okay, cool. So let's talk about those headlamps and what makes these headlamps special? Yeah. At BioLite, we really like to solve problems. And the way that we do that is by paying attention to our customers. We want to understand how are they spending time outside? What's their experience? What are their pain points? And so just like we saw with campfires that people were constantly shifting and we were like, I think we can make a better fire. We did the same thing with headlamps. So we were looking at the headlamp space. And one thing that we found both anecdotally through our customers, as well as personally through our own time outside was that generally when you were around the campsite and wearing a headlamp within five to 10 minutes, that headlamp was around your neck, or it was around a water bottle or hanging off of a branch. And often because it was uncomfortable, like traditional headlamp designs use this kind of cantilever approach where you have a doorknob hanging off of a flimsy band and it's just a physics problem. It's a bad distribution of weight. It's a bad distribution of the different component parts. And so you just end up with a bad fit. 
And the irony of that is that the headlamp is one of the first wearables out there. But like now when you think of wearable, you think of like seamless fit, really comfortable, high performance. And just like you think about the fit of a shoe or a sock on your feet, we wanted to think about the fit of what goes on your head. And so that's that was the inspiring insight behind the BioLite headlamp line. Surprise, we named them headlamp back to our really <laughs> literal naming. And so our headlamp line utilizes a proprietary method called 3D slim fit construction, where we integrate the electronics directly into the band so that you get this really cohesive headlamp that sits flush on your head. And so it won't bounce or slip. And so when you put it on the way that the weight is distributed, the way that the fabrics fit, the way that we've like 3d molded the front housing and then overlaid it with our performance fabric, all of that works in concert so that when you put it on your head, you pretty much forget that it's there. And like, that's the number one reaction we have when people try it on. They're like, oh, I, it feels like I'm just putting on a headband. And so when we hear that, we know we did our job. And so the new one is the 750. How is that one different yeah. from other headbands? Yeah, yeah. So starting with the other guys, we have 200, 330, and 750. And so those numbers signify their lumen count. So 200 is our entry-level model. Great, really simple model crazy lightweight. It's only 50 grams. Headlamp 330, mid-level model, really nails the intersection of like runtime, fit, and overall performance and brightness. 330 lumens, plenty of light. That's a favorite among runners because it's only 69 grams. And that just the way that it fits is great for running. The front is only nine millimeters thick, which is crazy. If you look at it, you're like, where's the light? And then 750, which is the one that just came out, is we like to call it beast mode. So it's our pro level headlamp and it's got pro level features. So you've got 500 lumens, a 750 lumen burst. You've got eight different lighting modes. I think something like seven hours on high and 150 hours on low. There's a rear red visibility light. Like how much time do you have? Like I could just keep going. Wow but it's packed with these different features so that if you're in more strenuous conditions and like you really need a light that performs, Headlamp 750 is there to light the way. And I also think one, one last shout out I'll give to it is it's got a really unique feature called constant mode. So a lot of headlamps dim over time without you even knowing. So a lot of headlamps will actually just like quietly dim themselves. And it, it's a smart solution. It's actually a great way to conserve energy and extend run times because as your eyes naturally adjust, but in some conditions, you're going to want the lumens you signed up for. So what 750 does is it's got an optional mode called constant mode, where if you turn it on, it will lock in your lumens and it will not dim. So again, you'll see this is a recurring theme. It puts you in control of your energy. And if that's what you want, if you want your run times to go towards brightness, headlamp 750 will let you go towards brightness. Cool. Lumens are tricky because a hundred lumens could be great for a flashlight. And so when you're talking about 200 and 300 and 500, like that's really bright. So why would I go for something more than 200 by use case? How would you say that you'd recommend one over the other one? Yeah, honestly, you, you raise a really good point, which is a lot of the lumens game is like a bit of an arms race. A lot of people think that more lumens equals better. But you're right, like you can do a heck of a lot with 200 lumens. You can do a heck of a lot with 330 lumens. And I think the other thing to note is to your point about use case is whether or not you want 
spot, which kind of gives you beam distance. So looking out narrowly far ahead, or if you're looking for flood, which is more about ambient illumination around you so that you can see side to side as well. So I would say that like for headlamp 750, if you're looking to just illuminate a tremendous amount of space, both in front of you and to the side, for example, headlamp 750 can be really helpful for scout leaders because let's say that you're literally leading the way and you need to really be in control of the terrain that's in front of you. Headlamp 750 is going to give you that performance. And if I understand it correctly, most scout leaders require a rear visibility light just for safety purposes. So there's an example. If you're biking, like if you're mountain biking, it's got really strong beam distance. And if you're doing things where perhaps the terrain is a little more technical, so let's say you're coming back from a late night hike or you're doing an alpine start and you're going to be on really technical terrain, having that kind of illumination to be able to really see what's ahead can be really helpful. So we've touched on the battery banks a little bit. Can you get into the solar power and and talk more about that? Yeah. So the sunlight has its own solar panel, but let's say you're looking to charge other stuff. We have the solar panel five and the solar panel 10, five and 10 Watts respectively. These are high efficiency monocrystalline solar panels, but what really sets them apart is the user interaction. So a lot of solar panels miss out on functionality and efficiency because they're just not set up correctly. I think a lot of people are like, oh, it's sunny out. I'll just put it out. But if you're not directly aligned with direct rays from the sun, you can miss out on like upwards of something like 25 to 30% of your panel's efficiency. Just if it's not angled correctly. Exactly. Yeah. It's just literally not facing exactly where it should be. And so what we do is we have a design approach that we call the optimal sun system that literally just helps you find where you need to put it. And again, a mix of like old technology and new technology, we put a sundial on it. Like we just put an old school analog sundial in the top corner and there's a little dot that you have to align and it's not fancy, but it makes a profoundly different experience when you know exactly where to put it. And so you have that sundial and then you have a 360 degree kickstand so that once you find the exact angle, the kickstand can meet you wherever you need to stabilize the panel. And so that kind of is what sets you up for success. And then in terms of like our own kind of electronic guts inside of the panel, we've got a system called maximum PowerPoint tracking. And so that means that whether it's in cloudy conditions or super sunny conditions, we are constantly calibrating inside of the panel so that you are pulling the most energy possible at any given time. And how does this translate into actually charging up devices? Yeah. Yeah. Two ways. There's a USB out port on the back and you can charge in real time or both of our units have onboard batteries. And so you can also fill it up. So let's say that you're not in need of charging. That was another issue with a lot of solar panels is that oftentimes when you're charging, it's like at night, you're back at the campsite or it's early in the morning and that's not when the sun's out. And so what we wanted to do was give you a chance to capture that energy, but then use that energy on demand when you actually needed it. So we do offer an onboard battery. I think the onboard batteries are enough for a phone charge. I think there's something like 3,200 milliamps, something like that. If you're looking to store up larger amounts of energy, a great way to do that is to put out your solar panel during the day, take one of our charge power banks and just tuck it behind the panel and let it fill up. Can you tell us in terms of like sunlight time? I know it's variable because you don't know exactly what kind of sunlight you're getting, but how long might it take on a good day to fill up 
the 3,200 milliamp hour battery? Oh, that's a good question that I don't know off the top of my head. I, I want to say that to fill up the panel itself, it's basically sitting out for an afternoon or sitting okay. out in a day of sun. So the, the panel should be part of your routine, which is you get your stuff out before you set up campsite, you take it out, put it out in the sun, ankle it, and then you can just go about your business so that when you have a power need that you actually have it ready to go. Yep, exactly. It'll do the work for you. And again, I think you might have a couple of people be like, doesn't the sun move during the day? Yes, it does. And that's why we want you to have it in as sunny of a place as possible. If you're setting it and forgetting it for a couple of hours, like, yes, at some point it might be slightly less direct, but we still want you to have a fighting chance. We want to make sure that you're generally in as direct of a, a position as possible. But yeah, I think that the way you said it is perfect. Like, make it a part of your energy routine, get it out in a sunny spot in the morning, go about your day. And then when you come back, you've been able to capture some energy while you weren't there. Okay. We've touched on a lot of stuff. Is there anything else that we left out? I think just one last thing, bringing it back to the beginning of the conversation is just a reminder that anytime somebody makes a purchase from BioLite, you're helping us do that work in Africa and Asia. So you're helping us support our R&D and support the teams that are actually out in the field delivering these energy solutions to off-grid households. And just to be clear, this is not like a charity. You don't just ship off stuff. You actually have offices in Kenya and Uganda and like where this is happening. Yeah, totally. So we, our headquarters are in New York and Nairobi. And thank you for bringing that up because it is a really important distinction. So when we deliver these solutions, our customers are actually paying for them at really affordable rates and really affordable price points. But we believe that the willingness to pay for something is one of the most important indicators of long-term use and adoption. And then it makes sure that we are designing and delivering a product and a solution that people actually want. That's cool. I'm glad that you were able to come by the show today because I love the way it combines tech with lifestyle and it, it enables people in all the best ways. And especially where it's, it's just hinting at being safe enough to go outdoors in the Northeast here. Like I love the idea of letting people know about BioLite stuff because this is just all the great stuff to help people get outdoors and enjoy themselves. Yeah, no, thank you for having me. And, and you, exactly to your point, we're bringing technology into the outdoors, which might make people bristle a little bit, but it's not about staying connected to your devices. It's about actually connecting to your energy ecosystem so that you can connect to the people around you. And that's what we're here to do. We're here to help you have a great campfire, a great meal, be able to see the smile on your friends' faces at night and all of that. So ultimately it really is about disconnecting from the kind of super intense day-to-day -day technologies that we know and reconnecting to each other by looking at energy a little bit differently. Perfect. Thanks so much. Thanks again to our guests, Claudia Harvey from Digit Apparel and Erica Rosen from BioLite. And thank you for listening. If you're new to the show, check out our earlier episodes, including whether ultraviolet sanitizing gadgets actually work, the best work from home equipment, great tech to help you sleep and exercise, and what gadgets your grandparents, kids, and pets will love. You can find us on Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, Blueberry, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, or wherever you stream your favorite audio programming. The easiest way to hear the latest episode is by asking your smart speaker to play the Family CTO podcast. However you prefer to listen, 
Be sure to follow the show so you can be among the first to know when new episodes post, usually three times a month. To balance out today's talk about sun, fire, and the outdoors, our next episode will be focused in the area of home automation and water. That one's scheduled to drop in about nine days. In the meantime, remember, don't be left to your own devices. This podcast, copyrighted 2021, is the intellectual property of the family CTO, a division of the Gadget Concierge Incorporated, all rights reserved.